Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're talking with Coach Harvey Hyde. He's been out at USC Fall Camp, and we're going to get his thoughts on what's been going on with the Trojan football team. We have a ton of questions from all of you. So if you have questions for us, send them in, podcast at uscfootball.com. You can leave us a voicemail a couple different ways. The voicemail number is 641-715-3900, extension 816 646 hit the pound sign leave us a voicemail there or go to our website peristylepodcast.com where you can find all the old episodes but you can also leave a voicemail on the left side of the page click there and leave it from your device a lot of ways to get a hold of us don't forget please subscribe on itunes itunes.com slash podcast uh give us a nice rating that would be great we appreciate that and uh yeah without further ado let's bring in the coach harvey hyde what's up bud how you doing uh, well, I had a wonderful weekend, and I hope everyone else did. We're getting uh, down to countdown to kickoff, I guess you can say. Uh, big weekend in Catalina this weekend. Had a chance to see a lot of our listeners uh, on this podcast. I want to shout out to Steve in Georgia, who listens regularly. He was out here visiting some friends with him and his lovely three daughters, and I want to shout out to them. They're back wherever they are doing their thing, and uh, also uh, all you, the rest of you. I'll tell you, it's, it's great to be able to share our thoughts with you every week, and as I always say at the beginning of the show, Ryan, this is just my opinion, but I try to always shoot straight with you. You always do, Coach, and yeah, yeah, shout out to everybody. We keep having people come up and practice, saying they listen to the podcast, they love the show, so we really love that. We're glad that you are enjoying the podcast, and uh Wanted to thank our sponsor before we jump into all the questions, Southern California Tickets. Uh, you can go to sctickets.com or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for anything Southern California or across the country. They can hook you up, and we'll have a, a more detailed message at the end of the show, too, from sctickets.com. They've been uh, nice to us for many, many years. We appreciate any uh, people can go check them out and uh, and use their services. They do a great job. and. Um, we got a lot of voice, especially a lot of voicemail, uh, questions this week, coach. And we want to try to get to all of the questions today, but, uh, big Nick, I wanted to shout out to him. He left a voicemail I couldn't really understand. So I'm not sure we can't really play that one. And, uh, Doug at the top of the grapevine might have set the record for the most voicemails we got. Um, he'd kind of left one really long one and then a bunch of shorter ones kind of breaking it up. But what we'll, what we'll end up doing is we're going to, it's kind of his own podcast on its own. So at the end of the show, we're going to play Doug's uh, Top of the Grapevine um, voicemail. So you can all hear his uh, rant. He had a lot of different topics uh, he was going off on. So we'll, we'll play that at the end of the show. You, can all, you guys can all kind of listen to uh, to what he had to say. So, uh, But, yeah, lots of, lots of questions, Coach. People are really excited about football right now. Well, I hope they are. Um, uh, I'm excited about it. It's a great football season for – all football fans, no matter what level that they enjoy watching, I enjoy all levels of uh, football, all the way down to the Pop Warner Leagues up. And uh, as I've always said, it means as much to those players and those coaches and those parents as it does to the guys that play on Sunday. You know, if you're passionate about the level that you play at or coach at, 
It means as much to you as it does to the people, like I just mentioned, that play on Sunday. It's absolutely a great game. It's a great game that uh, teaches discipline and, and all the things that are necessary for life. And you've heard me say this, and I mean this, uh, every day is game day. And I mean that. That's why I always say have a winning day because at the end of the day, you sort of look down at the end of your practice schedule and you say, hey, did I win or lose today? Did I really get something done? Did I become a better person or a better football player or a better student or a better doctor or a better taxi driver? It doesn't make any difference. But I, I get up every day saying game day is every day, and you try to accomplish as much as you can for yourself, for your team, for your friends, for anyone you can. Uh, Coach, well, let's jump into some of these questions because there's a lot of news and stuff going on at fall camp. Uh, the big news yesterday on Sunday is we heard about Ricky Town deciding to transfer out. Um, so Justin wrote in, he says, what's Coach Hyde's take about Rick, Ricky Town's departure? From my perspective, anyone with an understanding of the quarterback depth chart and where USC was going offensively should have known it was unlikely for him to ever become a starter. So why did they offer him? Uh, there's positions that need to be filled. The seventh string quarterback or whatever isn't one of them. Justin, to be fair, he was at worst fourth string because there was only four scholarship quarterbacks. Now there's three, but coach, get your thoughts on, uh, Ricky town. Well, you know, you always, uh, feel bad when you lose somebody, but sometimes it's the best for the team and the program and the individual kid himself. Uh, he's had a chance to come to SC and compete in this, in the spring. You know, if you remember, he was the number one dropback quarterback in the country rankings. He had committed to uh, Alabama and then changed his commitment uh, when uh, Coach Sarkeesian got hired at USC and then came uh, to USC in the spring. He had a chance to compete in the spring and uh, learn as much as he could and see what he could do with this type of offense and the personnel that uh, surrounded him and, and the competition. And obviously, uh, with Sam Darnold coming in and and what's going on, he had made a decision in his mind that, you know, uh, the competition here is really stiff. And I, I'm assuming, I'm not saying this, but Bryce Dixon comes from the same high school, and I'm not saying this is what made his decision uh, on what's going on, but it's a coincidence, sort of, that uh, both these kids know each other, both of them came from the same high school, and Bryce Dixon is not being allowed to play football, and we keep Town might be in a wick position right now where he might be saying, you know, I, I just feel like I should go somewhere else. Well, you know, as a football coach yourself, you never like to lose players. But, again, you need to have happy players and players who want to compete on your program and with your program. And you don't need locker room lawyers where people sit around and mope. You need people to be ready to play when the number's called and, and so on. So uh, Coach Sarkeesian says that he wasn't aware of this and it just all of a sudden happened. Well, you know, you've got another quarterback coming in in the, the spring or fall, Matt Flynn, and you can only carry so many quarterbacks. And sometimes it's best for a young man to move on, and sometimes it's best for the football program to let him move on. So I think this is a mutual type of thing. I think, and I don't know the kid, and I haven't spoken to anybody, as you know. Uh, I think that it was just something that the kid didn't want to play here anymore or play at SC anymore, and they gave him a full release. Now, I'm not sure if the full release, I haven't read or know anything about it, whether it was to any school 
in the Pac-12 or any school or any school except for any team that plays us. Uh, I don't know what type of release it was, but I'm assuming it's a release where you can go anywhere. Yeah. So, uh, what is it? Yeah, typically, well, typically, yeah, we haven't heard that. Typically, USC, like with Max Wittick, they didn't want him to go to someplace they were going to play. So he, they said basically no Pac-12 schools or Fresno State at the time because they were playing Fresno State. Um, it might be a little different with Ricky Town, but that's kind of like what we've seen typically from them. Right. So it'll it'll probably be a full release. We can go anywhere he wants. Uh, there'll be schools going after him immediately, and he'll be able to go to a school immediately. So what he'd want to do is get into school and be a part of a program right now. So uh, he'll move on, and you always want to wish him the best of luck. But really, what you don't want to happen is have a an individual or a team member badmouth you. I mean, you don't want someone to say, oh, they, you know, they didn't treat me right or they didn't give me a chance or they didn't give me a release and all of the above. So you want to you wanna shake hands and you want to be friends of the parents, a friend of the program, the friend of the coaches, and everybody when a young man leaves. Uh, so uh, uh, these things happen in football. And uh, some, they always seem to work out for the best for everyone. So uh, I know it's uh, discouraging everyone out there, but uh, sometimes it works out for the best. Um, and speaking of quarterbacks, Patrick had a question. He wanted to get your take on Max Brown. Uh, I read the praise that he's been getting the practice report that he's been getting in practice reports that he's improved and feeling more comfortable. The question I have: uh, Has he improved with not staring down? Uh, his receiver having a quarterback that has a great arm with limited mo- mobility is one thing. Staring down the receiver against the Alabama defense is something else. Thanks in advance. Thank you in advance for my question. Fight on from Patrick. Well, you know, in practice, it's a little bit different than the full speed uh, game itself. Right now, they haven't done enough scrimmaging really to make that determination on if he does have a flow and if he can read the field. It takes time to read the field and uh, to be able to find the open receiver and make the right decision. He has improved. He shows more confidence out there, and he knows it's competitive. I'll tell you, the Sam Darnold kid is a heck of an athlete. Uh, he throws the ball with a lot of velocity, and uh, I, I liked him in high school. I liked him because he has some feet. He can run. He's probably right now the best athletic quarterback as far as run, being able to run around. I'm not saying he's the best mentally as far as the game at SC and knows the offense and, and all of the above that way, but he's an athlete, and he, and he throws the ball well. So he's going to feel the pressure from Sam Donald. He, he is. This kid just came in in the fall. This kid hasn't been there in the spring, so he will make Max Brown a better football player. But Max Brown will become a better football player only when he's able to play in a game and allowed to do his thing. Even if he makes a mistake, you don't get on him. You pull him over the sideline, you put your arm around him, and you correct him by not yelling at him because he hasn't really had the opportunity to play in live speed college football action. But you better let him get going on it, especially in the first two games of the year because if you don't get this kid ready, you know, the the rest of the Pac-12 action is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty tough, especially this Vernon Adams kid. What I'm getting the reports out of Oregon the first day, first two days of practice, but he did pass his class. He's been absolutely amazing. Even the players say he throws the ball with great, great velocity, and he runs all over the place. He's really a great athlete. So, looks like that's going to work out for the University of Oregon. 
Yeah, it does. Uh, it'll be fun to, to kind of watch his progress, even though he's coming in late in fall camp or later in fall camp. Uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch as far as quarterbacks go. Um, wanted to read a question from Jamal, uh, coach who Jamal's not a fan of coach Sark. I think he's written in before. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give a couple comments first and then I'll, uh, we'll get yours too. But he says, it seems laughable that coach Sark is now talking about making a tougher physical and bully team when we choose to stay comfortable, comfortably on campus. Uh, UCLA sends their guys to a crappy place where it's awfully hot and away from distractions to develop those. Uh, earlier stated qualities. We have celebrities, and he put Colin Cowherd in parentheses, now uh, talking, uh, taking the coach's time away from focusing on the team during practice. Uh, what are your thoughts on these mixed signals? And that's from Jamal. And just, you know, did the whole go, like USC tried to go away. They went to Irvine under Paul Hackett. We've talked to former players, and they hated it. It didn't work. Pete Carroll never left campus for fall camp. That worked really well. And Pete Carroll had plenty of celebrities coming around. I don't think Colin Coward was, quote, unquote, taking away time from practice. He talked to the coach at the end of practice when it was already over, and that was about it. So um, it just delayed maybe the coach talking to the media. It wasn't taking anything away from the team. If anything, it maybe inconvenienced the, inconvenienced the media a little bit. But that's my thoughts, Coach, and maybe get yours on what Jamal is saying. Well, you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, takes, uh, concentration away from the team. I think that it's your, your team attitude in practice. I think it's the way you set a tone in practice where you don't have time to get non-focused. You really don't know who's at practice because you got a guy there watching you and talking to you and teaching you and you better be paying attention and don't cross your arms. You better be not taking your helmet off unless someone tells you to take your helmet off. You better uh, not get on one knee unless someone tells you to get on one knee. I mean, I believe in the discipline portion of football. I think that's part of not, you know, having illegal procedures or jumping off sides because it all starts from the way you dress in your uniform, the way you act, the way you uh, uh, talk to people, uh, the discipline in, in far as the coaches and the, the respect that you demand. Uh, you know, and, and I'll give you an answer, and this is just my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, just my opinion. You have five days of practice, two days in shorts, and then one in shimble and helmets, and one full day of practice in pads, and you go to the movie the next day, and you get a day off. Now, don't get me wrong, but are you beat up yet? Uh, are you? Do you need a day off? Do you need, <laughs> need to go to the movies? I mean, this is football camp. I mean, I, I know it's nice and air-conditioned, but uh, are you trying to be liked or, or are you trying to get ready to win football games? And, and uh, you know, everybody enjoyed it. I'm sure they did. But, you know, I would think that's something that comes on down the road a little bit. That That is something that, hey, we're getting ready to, to beat somebody. We're going to be competing. On other teams, I don't care what other teams do. I care what we have to do. Hey, they just picked us to win the Pac-12. We're not going to do that at a movie theater. If we're going to watch films, we're going to watch them in the office, and I'll pass off popcorn <laughs> or whatever. We're going to try to get better by doing football things. Now, I'm being critical. I know I am, but this is just my philosophy, okay? Maybe after two weeks or something with ice cream trucks and all of these, I don't, you don't get me wrong, but this is boot camp. This is what, you know, you wear a T-shirt out there that says, finish SC. 
Well, I don't know if that's living up to what the shirt says. And I'm not sure I'd wear that shirt. I might wear a shirt that says USC Pride or We Are SC, uh, then finish, because that just reminds you of what happened last year. Why do you want to remind everybody about you couldn't finish two football games and lost two football games? I don't know. This is just my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I guess I am being a little critical. But these you ask me the questions, yep. so I'm answering them what I see. So and 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 here, so uh, I guess that answers your question. Certainly, all right. Uh, so you got you got a little uh, give a little credence to what Jamal was saying there. Um, there's some more uh, critical thinking towards uh, Justin Wilcox. I don't know if you saw. We posted a video of what he had to say after Saturday's practice because Steve Sarkeesian was not addressing the media that day. So we put up the video on uscfootball.com and this kind of uh, you know. And if you've ever talked or heard Justin Wilcox before, he's not the most energetic guy. But here's the uh, question for you, Coach. Hey, Ryan. This is uh, Eric in Georgia. Um, my question is for you or Coach, um, and don't worry, it's not about Ricky Town. I'm sure you're getting enough of those out now. Um, I watched the scrum with uh, with Coach Wilcox, and my question is, um, is he a bit off, kind of like uh, Lane was with the media? He seemed a little, um, uh, not angry, but not happy with some questions. Do you feel he has the temperament to be successful at USC? Um, thanks. I love the show, Ryan. Um, have a good day, Coach. Fight on. Well, let me put it this way. I don't know Justin Wilcox. I've never had a conversation with him. I've never shook his hand. I don't know anything. And, you know, I want you people to know that I'm not trying to go out there. I'm not a regular media person. I'm at practice. I stay in the media area. Uh, but I don't interview players. I don't talk to players. I don't talk to the coaches after practice because I'm just giving you my thoughts. I'm not trying to be in a position where I, 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 I'm their friends. Uh, I respect them for what they do, but I, I, I don't know them individually. But personality has a lot to do with how your kids play. Uh, yeah. On defense, normally you're more aggressive. Normally... Uh, when you talk, people, uh, you know, listen. And, uh, and I think Justin is a very smart coach or he wouldn't be where he is. He's had success at Boise State. He's had success at other schools. Now at USC, he's got that challenge of, of, uh, coaching at a school that expects nothing else but success in national championships or Pac-12 championships or major bowl games. So, and uh, people expect this. And when you come and you make the amount of money that you make there, then you know what you've signed up for. So you can't be persuaded by what I say or the media says. you, you got to be there because I used to tell my guys when they got a job or they went somewhere, be yourself. Someone hired you because who you are and what you know. So he's got to let it hang out. He's got to be himself and win or lose or uh, be successful or f- be a failure, but by who he is and what he believes will be the best interest of the USC defensive team. Now, I'm sure Coach Tarkin or Tarkin, Coach Sarkeesian, I'm thinking Armenians here, guys. <laughs> I'm sure Coach Sarkeesian converses with him, but I've never seen Coach Sarkeesian, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, Ryan. Okay. I've never seen him down involved in a defensive drill. Have you? Uh, 
not that I recall, like this, it doesn't pop out. I mean, maybe it's happened, but nothing that I really noticed. Like, oh, there's Sark uh, mixing it up in, on the defensive side. No, and I think that sometimes that uh, doesn't really show a complete team uh, uh, thought as far as for a head football coach. I think you've got to be able to let your linebackers, you know, you know what linebackers are doing at the defensive front of the secondary or whatever. You've got to be involved and see what's being taught. You've got to be involved and see if you like the techniques. You like to, to, to listen to the teaching, and you ought to listen to see how much teaching is going on. And I think sometimes you miss a little bit when you're not really in the huddle with a defensive team or even possibly calling a defensive coach over and saying, you know, this and that and whatever. The players don't know what you're saying, but you never correct a coach in front of a, a team. But little things like that make a difference on the morale of a football team. You've got to be involved in the defensive side of the ball because, you know, now it's all Justin Wilcox, but really it all comes under the head football coach. The head football coach is responsible for the offense, the defense, the special teams, you know. Well, Coach uh, Justin Wilcox, does he have enough to do this and do that like the question was asked? No. Does Steve Sarkeesian tell Justin Wilcox or does he have the confidence in him to coach the type of defense at USC will enable that will enable USC to be the type of team on defense that they should be with a philosophy that comes from coach Steve Sarkeesian and then he teaches it of course so he gets someone that comes in with a philosophy that he believes in and he lets him coach it and he still is a part of it so uh, for me to say is he the guy? I, I don't know. I never met him before or not. I see the same thing that you do, and I've told you exactly what I think, that I think playing on defense should be more fun. I think you've got to go after people more. You've got to move around a little bit more. And you got to, you know, you got to have a little bit more of an angry attitude. And uh, I think you've got to be a little tougher, tougher. I mean angry type of guys. Like that fight Miles Jack got in. You know, everybody made a big deal out of that. You said, oh, my God, there was a fight. He ran him off the field. What's wrong? That's football. <laughs> if a guy's, guy's holding me or something, I don't like that. I can't play football very well. You obviously don't want to have that happen in the game. But wouldn't you rather have him fight on the field than in the locker room after practice when they're pissed off? Excuse me. When they're mad, go in the locker room and look for each other in the locker room, and then someone seriously gets hurt. So you got to look at the whole picture. If you haven't played football, you don't understand this. If you haven't coached football, you don't understand this. But if you've played football, you understand what I'm talking about. And I apologize to everyone out there for that term I just used, 100%. I apologize. I'll run 10 laps for you <laughs> for punishment. It's okay, Coach. We're, there's no FCC on the podcast, so we're all right. You can uh, you can say whatever okay. you want. We're okay. No, but I apologize for that. I'm starting to get riled up, and I shouldn't. I love it. Riled up coach is fun. Um, well, speaking of coaches, uh, we're going to keep the, the, the questions along the coaching topic uh, because that's very – it's been popular. Tarek says, in 2012, USC had very similar expectations to the ones going into 2015 – what record does Sark need to keep his job safe instead of being at a position where he has to coach for his job in 2016? Hmm, interesting. You know, I think you coach for your job every day, every year. You don't just coach for it one year. You coach for it every year. 
I mean, you got to make it that way. Or how can you not feel as though every year is as important as any, or every game is as big as any game, or any year is not as big as next year? I mean, to me, as a football coach, Arkansas State is huge as an opener. It's going to determine what we are, who we are, how we play, what we've learned, how we coach. All of the above, and of course, Alabama in 2016, everybody's going to say, that's Alabama. Sure, it's Alabama. But that's so far away, who cares? You better just take care of every year what happens on the football field. You can't let someone sneak up on you. You can't get beat by somebody that's been beating them before like that. you got to beat the team you're supposed to beat. And right now, everybody thinks you should beat everybody. So it's going to be a real uh, challenge for the coaching staff at USC, the players at USC, to see if they can handle the pressure. Can we be number one? Can we handle that pressure? Can we coach to that ability? Can we motivate to that ability? And I think this is a great challenge. Now, I think that's where it is. Can you, as everyone knows, you have great personnel. Can you now... Fly Air Force One, can you now drive that Rolls Royce, as you say? And I say, can you now be in the White House and be a president and get done what you have to do since you have all the tools? We're not talking about sanctions anymore. I don't want to hear anybody talk about sanctions, please. If someone talks about it, I'm going to rip you. And loss of Leonard Williams. You've lost a lot of players. Somebody else has got to step up and replace those players. So I think that's not my feeling on that. I'm sorry to ramble off on that. No, no, that's all right, Coach. Um, all right, here's an interesting question, and I'll try to pull up some stats for you. Um, Paul wants to know, the ideal pro-style offense is balanced and that it can be effective, uh, effectively play. I'm sorry. He says, the ideal pro-style offense is balanced in that it can be effectively. I uh, didn't write this right. Uh, play all types of plays. You can do all types of plays. No defense can cover everything. A balanced offense exploits what the defense is giving you at any point in the game. We all understand this. So over the course of the entire season, what are the percentages between run and pass that coach predicts? And we can check to see how close he is postseason. Uh, that's from Paul. And so let me, I can pull up for USC. They had 524 rushing attempts last year and uh, looks like 460 passing attempts. I think that's the, the stats that I'm pulling up here. So actually they ran the ball a little bit more, uh, than throwing it. Uh, but what do you think the percentage would be for net for this coming year, coach? Well, you know, that's, that's hard to, to determine, but I, I, I always say this, if you don't develop the offensive line where they believe in themselves in the running game, you're not very tough. I think running the football makes you tougher than passing the football. Now, a lot of players, the people that haven't played the game don't understand that. But when you can run the football on anybody and you believe you can run the football on anybody and you believe that they can't stop you when it's fourth and one or first and three or whatever you have to get for that down, and you know when you break the huddle, you just look at your guy and, and you say, this is going to be a joke. In fact, you even tell the guy across from you, we're coming right here, please get ready. But you have that confidence and that when you go there after you told the guy that, the guy starts to say, holy crap, this guy told me and they still scored. Uh, I, I think 
running the football makes you a tougher, tougher team and a tougher player. Because you're in the trenches, you're not trying to protect the quarterback backpedaling. You're going off the line of scrimmage and knocking somebody's butt off. The zone read stuff right now is a little bit different than the old techniques where you fire off the line of scrimmage, and I think that's why down on the goal lines you can't use zone read. You've got to be able to get off the football. You've got to teach different techniques of man blocking where you can own the line of scrimmage. So I believe that when you run the football, you're a tougher football player, you're a tougher football team, and your receivers and them understand that, hey, when a pass isn't called, I still have a responsibility. I'm supposed to block somebody. I'm just not a receiver. I'm a football player. And you go out and you block somebody and maintain your block. And then when it's a passing play, now you're a receiver and everybody's blocking so you can catch the football and the quarterback has time to throw it to you or play action or whatever. So I've always felt that you got to run the football. And you can't start a game always passing the ball or bubble screen or whatever you're going to do. you got to pound it out. you got to develop your play-action pass. But so much of today's offense, especially at USC, too, is play-action pass. Now, if you can't run the football, what good is a play-action pass? Nobody cares. There's no faking. Nobody cares, but you can't run the football. So I really think it starts with the run and then goes to the play-action pass and the passing game. And certainly USC is feared already with the receivers. But if you can run the football, too, and you have the receivers and the running backs and everything else, now you're really tough. All right, Coach, thanks for that one. Let's see. We'll go to uh, – let's go to Dennis. It says, uh, Dennis in Lancaster, question for Coach Harvey Hyde. With uh, Bryce Dixon and Jalen Cope Fitzpatrick not on the team, do you believe this will help us uh, recruiting a top-tier tight end? Or do you think that that our low tight end stats last year and possibly this year, it's going to hurt uh, us recruiting a top tier tight end? Fight on, love the show, uh, Dennis and Lancaster. No, I think it'll help you get another good tight end. But what do you consider a tight end? You heard me talk about this last year. This kid that's verbally committed back from Pennsylvania. He's got great hands. Like I mentioned, I haven't seen him do much blocking. They always show his his highlight films as far as catching the football. He's a big kid, 6'6", 230 pounds, 40 pounds. Uh, yeah, he's the type of kid that could be 260 and be a great tight end. Currently right now, USC and you know have just what you call large receivers playing tight end. So it's a different type of philosophy. It's passed before run when you consider the tight ends that are now at USC and that, that have been there. The last time they've had a, I don't know who it was, how long ago, a physical tight end. Fred Davis was somehow uh, did pretty good, and others they played in the NFL. But uh, yeah, I think it'll help you, and, and you've got to go out and, and find a type of tight end. I think that is what you call tight end, not a large receiver. But again, that's not my call. But again, that shows you that it's pass before run. Because uh, you can still split out a guy and put him in the slot or flex him at 6'6", 260. Then you can't put a guy out there at 6'5", 220. And believe me, when he catches the football, those defensive backs don't want to tackle him. He pounds them when they hit him with the seam route or the quick uh, flat route or corner route. I mean, this kid's hard to bring down. So, you know, yeah, I think you can 
easily if you don't have a depth at, at a tight end position. It's always easier to, easier to recruit somebody for that position. Um, one last one for you, Coach. I know we want to let you go. Uh, John in Oakland said, I recently heard on uh, another college football show that Alabama coach Nick Saban said that their defense, he has their defense laid out into two different two deep rosters. One for going against traditional straightforward running and passing teams like a Stanford and one for no huddle, hurry up, pass and read option teams like an Oregon where both defensive linemen and linebackers uh, really have to have mobility with speed to go from sideline to sideline. What do you think of this approach, and would it be of value for USC against Pac-12 opponents? Love the new format. Fight on John in Oakland. Well, a team like uh, Alabama has a depth to do that, and I've never thought of that, uh, but it certainly does make sense. You want faster guys. You want speed on the field. You want guys that uh, can cover. And if you have enough players that you can do that with, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, a lot of schools are, don't have that type of depth and uh, can't do that. Uh, I'm anxious to see if that's true. If he is doing that, if he is doing that, he's a step ahead of everybody else. But um, basically what people do is they go with their basic down people and adjust with their linebackers with defensive backs to try to get more speed on the field. And that's the way USC has been recruiting to get taller, faster linebackers so they don't have to do as much substitution where they're able to face both types of team. But they took Cameron Smith, too, for teams like Stanford, where Cameron can step up and knock somebody back on his butt when they run that blaster power. So you've got to be still physical, but you've got to be fast enough to cover. And I, and I, and I think... Uh, the approach of what SE is doing as far as personnel is good. Uh, as far as Alabama doing what they do, then they've got a heck of a lot of players to be able to do that. But I think they would keep their front guys the same and rotate them and maybe change with their secondary people and maybe not and with their nickel backs and the fifth and sixth DBs make the difference there. But I don't think it's a complete change of a complete 11 people. I don't know if you can do that. All right, Coach. Well, hey, great stuff. We appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing some time. Enjoy the rest of your uh, time out there in Catalina. We'll see you back out of practice sometime soon. Ryan, I want to thank you, too, and uh, for everyone out there, uh, have a safe day. And what I say earlier, remember, make a list. Have a winning day. Every game is day, game day. Game day. All right. Well, thank you, Coach, and everyone else. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, and I'm going to play you a quick message from Southern California Tickets and also uh, Doug of the Grapevine. We want to play his voicemail so you can hear that. So thanks for tuning in. Yes, yeah, Doug at the top of the Grapevine, Trojan fans in 62. Uh, right over the Dixon case, uh, kind of a joke. If he really did something, the DA would have him down at the uh, Twin Towers and be up on charges. The case is really a joke. I don't know why SC is pushing it. Uh, the judge is going to rule on it today. I hope they rule for the kid. Uh, the woman was drunk, went to his place. I don't know what she was expecting. Besides, she was 21, he was 18. A few months earlier, it would have been statutory rape on her part. Uh, anyway, uh, the coaching. Um, I went over the last year's films, went over everything. You know, the, the coach has the shirt finish. I think the, the shirt, the T-shirt should, or the sweatshirt should say, Coach Better. I mean, the Boston College game, no adjustments. The Utah game, lousy play calling at the end. Um, 
the uh, Arizona State game uh, speaks for itself and totally got out coached by UCLA. If if he doesn't do it this year with the players he has, uh, I think he's in a lot of trouble. And uh, he was rated ninth best coach in the league. I thought that was a little high. Um, also, the Pac-12 network. Um, kind of a joke. If you want to show all this crap, put it on a separate channel. People want to see football. If you want to have a Pac-12 network be successful against the SEC network and the Big Ten network, you have to have football. And you should be going back. You've got a gold mine. You've got, uh, you know, you've got all these games from from decades of games. I don't want to go into it right now because I don't have a lot of time. But uh, you know, just on and on and on. And you should be playing that. Um, also, we need a thumper. We need a thumper to come up the middle and, and gut these teams. We've got the line to do it. Soma and Pinner need to be in there and not sitting there because they're fullbacks. These guys can run the wheel route, and they can thump up the middle. Also, what happened to Ricky Town? Sam Darnold is what happened to Ricky Town. He walked out there and saw that and said, uh-oh. Okay, also the uniforms. Don't touch the uniforms. If you don't want to play for SC, go Go somewhere else. If you want to make a little change, the helmet that was worn by Mike Garrett back in the 60s with this solid Cardinal helmet looked better than anything, better than the logo they've got now. Anyway, that's it. Fight on, and uh, can't wait to hear what you have to say. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.